what a privilege. What a privilege it is that we can gather on Christmas Day. It really is an honor and a privilege to think about even the first song that we sang about the reason for Christmas Day. We, we can gather this morning as a family of believers and celebrate Christ as, as much as our desire is every Sunday as we gather. But today we get to celebrate on Christmas Day. What an honor and a privilege. I was uh, talking with the boys earlier this morning about the number of times that this has happened uh, throughout their childhood. And I think we came up with four. I think uh, since uh, since they've been around, it's been about four times that Christmas has fallen on, on a Sunday. And I noticed, uh, maybe those of you who are better at math than I am know that uh, it seems like the next one is going to be in 11 years. So go ahead and mark your calendars for that, that uh, 11 years from now, we will again have the privilege and honor of being able to celebrate Christ. We celebrate Christ every Sunday. Our deepest desire is we would celebrate Christ every day. But how special it is that as we think about this Advent season, we think about the time that we have been focused on His coming. We've longed for His coming again. We, we've used an Advent candle to remind us of those things over these past four weeks, even knowing that today we have just lit the Christ candle, knowing that Christ is the very center of our celebration. And thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning as we uh, as we celebrate Christ, and thank you for making a part of your and your family's celebration as well. I I, I want to say thank you first and foremost. It's been such a privilege um, to get to know many of you and and spend this Christmas season with you. Uh, thank you especially for the wonderful gift that you provided for my family and I. It was quite unexpected and very generous. So thank you, thank you very much for thinking of us. Uh, the gift from the church was was very much uh, gracious and overwhelming. So thank you. Thank you all for that. Uh, you did not need to provide the white Christmas. Uh, really, you did not. That was that was over and above anything we expected and wanted, to be honest with you. Um, personally, I would say I didn't want it. Maybe my family might have wanted it, but no, I did not. But uh, th- thank you anyway uh, uh, for providing that. You know, we spent the last 19 years in Michigan, and maybe you thought we needed that to feel at home. I did not. I did not. Um, but but thank you for that anyway. This this Advent season has has been special in the sense that we've talked about finding finding Christmas. We wanted to we wanted to discover some of the the real heart of what Christmas is, and we did it by by looking at some words that are often used on decorations and ornaments and wreaths and things, and we said let's. Let's really explore what is at the heart of a word like that. What do we really mean by hope? What do we really mean by faith? What do we really mean by joy? And, and what do we really mean by peace? Those are the Advent themes that we wanted to focus on. And, and if you've been with us, I hope that you've noticed every single one of those finds its meaning and purpose and definition in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's why this season is so special to us, is every single one of those words is defined by the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And that's why I want us to go back and look at the passage we briefly talked about last night and go back to Romans chapter 5. Because I think Romans chapter 5, those first 11 verses, unpack so many of these Advent themes for us. It's a, it's a wonderful summary. It's maybe not something we think about as an Advent passage or a Christmas passage or even a Christmas Day passage, because it, but because it so beautifully describes the, all of these wonderful, impactful words that we hold on to, that our faith are defined by, 
and are defining those in the person of Jesus Christ. I want us to go back to that passage this morning to look at it again together and to think about who is this Jesus and what is this peace that we really celebrate at Christmas. So if you would, I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Again, listen to the words as Paul begins to describe what, what Christ has done for us. He says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, some of your translations say justified or declared innocent, but it's the idea of being made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Again, uh, describing what grace is for us, a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward, there's our hope, to sharing in God's glory. We can rejoice too. Here's joy. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, strength of character, uh, and, and character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God shows His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. That is the, that is the good news gospel message summarized for us in just a few verses. That is the who Jesus is and why He came. That's the reminder to us that as we think about joy and as we think about hope and as we think about peace and as we think about how all those things are brought into our life through the faith that God gives, this is the good news summary of who Jesus is and why He came, just in these few short verses. If you're with us last night, you know that we said, hey, this peace is an enduring peace. This isn't a temporary, situational kind of peace. This is peace that comes through a person, the person of Jesus Christ. We talked about how Jesus is the one who has made peace for us on our behalf. This passage explains that to us in, in His death on the cross. His blood is what brought us into a restored relationship with God. Could you imagine being enemies of God, being at war with God, being rebellious against God, and God loving us so much that He sent Jesus? He sent Jesus to come in His humanity. Not only in His humanity, but in His humility to live the life that we could not live and die the death we deserve so that we might be restored. The word this passage uses is friendship. 
We didn't just move to a second-class citizen with God. We were brought back into the family. Other passages talk about what it means to be adopted into the family. We were, we were restored from our rebellious, sinful state into a relationship with God because of the peace that Jesus brought. So last night, if you're with us, we said peace was a person. But not only peace being a person, but peace is also a gift. This picture of undeserved privilege, this, this picture that this passage tells us about our true condition as being objects of wrath, deserving the punishment that we deserve, the, the, all that we are apart from Christ is exposed even in these just few 11 verses to show us how desperately we need Jesus, how desperately we needed the peace that He brought. But we received it by grace, unmerited favor. We have now received a place of unmerited favor. So not only is peace the person of Jesus, this passage shows us, it also shows us that we receive this peace as a gift, an undeserved gift. Many of you got gifts this morning or last night or through this season you probably deserved. Some of you were thinking, I don't know if I deserved all my gifts. But anyway, you, you got gifts that you just... But this is a gift that was given to a rebellious enemy that acknowledged their desperate need. That's the peace that we celebrate. And because of that, what I want us to see this morning is that the peace of Christmas, the peace of Christmas makes us a people of peace. That because of what Christ has done for us, we are now changed. We are now different. We now are a people of peace. As we, as we think about what Christ has done on our behalf, it changes and transforms who we are. We even see a, a, a picture of this in, in verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. We are transformed now by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are now people who embody this peace in a very real and powerful way. That when we acknowledge our desperate need for Him, when we receive His gift of grace, and we are now restored to a relationship with God, not only do we have peace with God now because of what Jesus has done, but now His Spirit lives in us to make us a people of peace. That transforms us. That makes us different. That, that makes us unique. As a matter of fact, I have a, I have a friend who's often said that when you and I enter a room, or when anyone enters a room, they change the temperature. They either make it more comfortable or less comfortable. Some of you are already thinking about some of your holiday gatherings and thinking, Yes, there are certain people that show up that change the temperature of the room. Some bring a presence of anxiousness and animosity. Some bring a spirit of peace and calm. Some bring with them a sense of joy. Some bring with them just a sense of difficulty. Some we look forward to seeing. Some we look forward to their going. But that's the reality of, of broken relationships in a broken world. But there's good news here, remember? Because the peace of Christmas 
has made those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ a people of peace. He has made them a people who now carry this Holy Spirit into their lives and into their interactions so that when they enter a room, the temperature changes. It's one that's marked by the peace of Christ more than the difficulty and brokenness of our relationships and our attitudes. And as we look at a passage like this, I, there's really three things that I, I want us to see that I think come out of a, a similar a passage like this that help us figure out how do we become people of peace. If, if the peace of Christmas makes us a people of peace, knowing that peace is a person, it's, it's Jesus and, and His transformation that, that takes place in our lives through the gift of the Holy Spirit, you probably didn't get too far in this passage before you recognized in verses three through four, that common theme we wish was not in Scripture. This, this common theme that says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. If you've been with us over this fall, you've noticed this is the second time we've, we've hit, the, our third time we've hit this theme. Back in James, we saw this theme of rejoicing through difficulty. Just a few weeks ago when we talked about 1 Peter 1, we saw the picture of rejoicing in difficulty. This is part of that transformation in the people of peace. And remember, we are not called to do this out of our own strength. This isn't a get-yourself-together kind of good news, because that's no good news at all. This good news reminds us that the, the hope that we're called to, the joy that we're called to, and the faith that we're called to, we are equipped for, in verse 5, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. We are a people of peace who have been given the Holy Spirit. So when we, when we move into a room or to a setting or to an opportunity and we, we are there as people of peace, it's even people of peace when we experience these difficulties. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we become people of peace that, that change the room for the better when we enter? Well, first and foremost, I think that, um, I think that people of peace are known as people of grace. That they're people of, of grace. Forgiven people forgive people. That when we recognize the condition that we are in apart from Christ, and we recognize what undeserved situation we were in, and by His grace, He reached down and restored us to Himself and gave us this peace, I think that has to change us. I think that calls you and I as people of peace to be gracious people. That we would be people who would recognize how important it is that after we've received this grace, that we would also be willing to give this grace as well to it. That we would remember when conversations get hard and relationships get difficult, that in those situations we would remember the grace the, un, the place of undeserved privilege that God has done in us through Christ. And He has given us His Spirit now to embody that grace that we likewise would demonstrate that same sort of grace to a watching world. Honestly, sometimes it feels like it's easier to demonstrate that sort of grace to a total stranger on the street than maybe it is with a family member you've known your entire life. 
But the grace that you and I are called to is this kind of grace. It makes me think of Jesus' parable of the unmerciful servant. It makes me think of that, that picture of the one who had been forgiven so much that refused to give forgive something so small of, of someone else. Hey, as you and I move throughout our Christmas day and move throughout a week of gatherings and celebrations and even thinking about moving into the new year, may we be a people of peace who are marked by grace. Marked by the grace that has been poured into us that now pours through us because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So grace. Secondly, though, I think that that when it comes to being a people of peace, that we are a people of gratitude. That we would be people of gratitude. You and I have been given a gift that not only we did not deserve, but we can never repay. So much so, I believe it changes the way that we view the world. We no longer see things in a in a lack but we now see it as an abundance. We now see just how gracious God is to us that we would live lives of constant gratitude. If you look through some of Paul's letters, it seems like this is a theme over and over and over again. That we would be thankful always. That we would give thanks in all circumstances. That we would be known as a thankful people. I think that's core to what it means to be a follower of Christ is to live a life of gratitude and and being thankful. Not only thankful when things are challenging and difficult, but I think because of the good news of Jesus here, even a passage like this reminds us that we can be thankful even when we run into problems and trials. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to us in five to fill our hearts with His love. Of all people, we should be people of the thank you. We should be people who are quick to say thank you to those around us and be appreciative of all that they have given and all that they have done. Why? Because we recognize what we have been given in Christ. We recognize that you and I don't have anything that we got on our own. We don't have anything that we deserved. Everything that you and I have, every ability, every opportunity, everything is a gift of God. And when we live with that reality, I think it changes us. The Holy Spirit transforms us to be like Christ and we become people of gratitude. I think gratitude is something that totally changes the temperature of a room. As much as grace can change the temperature of a room, Living a life of gratitude empowered by the Holy Spirit totally transforms a room. It changes the temperature. It makes it different. If you don't believe me, try it. Try saying thank you. Try when, maybe even try saying thank you to someone who maybe you've, is waiting on you at a store or in a restaurant. Changing, changing the table and saying thank you, reversing the situation, being thankful for what someone else is providing for you. Giving the first thank you can be a game changer in representing the very peace of Christmas, the peace of Christ. So, not only just being a people of grace and a people of gratitude, I think especially in a passage like this, 
we should be, as followers of Jesus who are living out the Spirit in our lives and our relationships, we should be people of joy. Joy. Over and over again in this passage, we see calls to rejoice in the wonderful new relationship. We're called to rejoice even when we go through difficulties and trials, and that's typically not what our natural response is. If we're going to be honest, usually when things get hard and difficult, we we start to, okay, I do, maybe not you. Maybe it's just me who grumbles when things don't go the way I wanted them to. Maybe I start to be a little grumbly and a little indifferent and and um, maybe my love language comes out, sarcasm. And, um, you know, I'm speaking, you know, I speak that fluently maybe when I'm in a, in a bad mood or a, a bad situation. But, what, but whatever, that, whatever that is, that is not the picture of those who are representing the peace of Christ. Those are not a picture of those who represent the peace that Christ gives us, that the Holy Spirit is embodying in our lives. We are called to rejoice to live lives of joy, not just when things are great and easy, but even when things are challenging and difficult, in trials, in broken relationships, in difficulties, in heartache, in disappointment. It's in that joy. If you notice, go back in 3 and 4 again. It's that kind of joy that grows us and develops endurance and character and strengthens the hope of our salvation. It's, it's that kind of joy that helps us make the important things the important things, to see the main things as the main things, to focus on the right things. These things, I believe, are game changers in your relationships. These are game changers in your family gatherings. These are game changes, changers in your neighborhoods and in your workplace. Living a life that's marked by grace, living a life that's marked by gratitude, and living a life that's marked by joy are countercultural gifts. Those are not typically the way people act and people respond, especially to anxious and difficult situations. But it is amazing when we think about what Christ has done for us. The peace that you and I have received. We have been made right in God's sight by faith. That sort of transformation and change transforms us. Not out of our own strength, but out of the power of the Holy Spirit He has given us in verse 5 and calls us to live new and different lives. Leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing our daily and desperate need. Causing us to live lives marked by grace and gratitude and joy. I I bet some of you are thinking right now of... You're probably thinking two things. You're probably thinking of people that you already know in your lives that you love to see coming. There's probably people that you're already thinking of right now who are exhibiting these, these wonderful pictures of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of peace. You're probably thinking of some of those people you know right now that when they walk into a room, it gets warmer. It gets nicer. It gets more comfortable. 
you're seeing them exhibit pictures of grace and gratitude and joy. Conversely, I'm afraid some of us are also thinking of people maybe that when they walk into a room, we don't see those pictures. But, but here's what I want us to concern ourselves with this morning. I want us to pray that as we work through our day and through our week and into a new year, that we would be these people of peace. That we would be people who live out the grace of Jesus in our lives. We would be people who respond with gratitude because of all God has done for us in Christ. And we would be people who could look beyond the difficult daily circumstances of our lives and live lives that reflect the true joy that find their hope, their confidence, their security, and their peace in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. That's what, that's what we're called to. That's what we're equipped for. And that's why God still has us here. Have you ever think about that? Do you ever think why you're still here, why you're still in your families and in your jobs and in your neighborhoods, why you're still here? Why He just didn't save you and take you right up to heaven right away? He left you here for a reason and for a purpose. And I believe it is to be these kind of people of peace to live out, to embody, to represent the reconciling peace of Christ in all of our lives that we would point people to the one true giver of peace in what Christ has done. And that's my prayer for us this morning. That even today, should you decide to slip and slide out on the ice and snow to more gatherings of family or you're looking forward to this week, or even in the new year, that we would remember that it's Jesus who is the person of peace. And He has called us and equipped us and is working through the Holy Spirit to make us His people of peace. And that we would be known as gracious, grateful, and joyful because of this peace that comes to us through Christ. Because of the peace of Christ, may we be known as grateful, joyful, and gracious. God, we thank You. We thank You first and foremost for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank You for the peace that has come to us that restores us from our rebellion. God, we were objects of wrath, just wrath, deserved wrath because of our sin, because of our separation from You. But God, because of Your great love, You, as Your Word says, through the blood of Christ has made a way for us to be restored, to be brought back into a relationship, a friendship, adopted into your family through what Christ has done. God, I pray. I pray for all of us this morning. Even as we gather today, this Christmas day, and think about the, 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 the incarnation and you coming in flesh and what all that means for us. God, I also pray that this morning we would recognize what it's calling us to. God, I pray that we would be a people who lean in deeply and depend strongly on Your Holy Spirit, on Your Word and on the encouragement of other believers today, that we would be people who would represent You well, that we would represent the good news, the Gospel of Jesus Christ in being gracious. 
and being joyful and being and 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 being gracious. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the continual reminders of what you do in our lives. Help us to live lives of faithfulness. Help us to be people who change the temperature of a room for the better as we go and represent you. May you be honored and glorified in your heavenly name. Amen. Stand and sing. 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 Sing.